Well, it's my absolute pleasure to be with you here today, and uh, I'm praying that the time that we spend together, these brief moments, are going to encourage you, it's going to bless you, it's going to equip you to take your next step with the Lord. Um, I love your pastors, I love your church. Listen, can I just say, like, I know a lot of people in your church, like, for many, many years, and it just seems like the legacy church people get younger and younger. I don't know what it is, it's just, it's crazy. Guys, it is crazy. You guys just look younger, and it's, it's actually wild. Um, it's a moment in air or something in the, I don't know, it's a breaking of the bread. I don't know, are you guys using real, R- real, nachmal? <laughs> anyway, whatever you're doing, it is working. And uh, you guys are looking very, very good indeed. Well, Kelly does send her love, along with our two kids, Zach and Isabel. They are wild and feral, but I love them very much. And, uh, and amen. That's, that's all I want to say about them. And uh, our Tigerberg family, we love you guys. We are always following everything you do. We probably copy everything you do. And, uh, and so we'll probably be doing a series, How to Change. <laughs> come on, somebody. If you, if you didn't get it the first time in January, you're going to get it in February. Just come over to that side. It's great. No, I'm kidding. Sort of. Um, but uh, it is the season to be jolly. And I believe uh, we're going to have a great time. Church should be enjoyed and not endured. Amen. And so we're going to have a great time in God's house. I serve a living God. I serve a God who is able and willing, who's alive, who's here right now, a God who hears, who loves, and who cares. Uh, I serve a kind, good, loving Father. How many many other people know that it's the king that we serve? And we've come together around his presence today as his people around his word. And, and, uh, you know, it's it's, it's amazing to see the—I didn't even touch anything there. That's the Holy Spirit right there. It's just the— Uh, It's amazing to see what God can do in a short period of time. I want to say that in a moment, God can change everything. And then we should come to his house expectant. We should gather around his word, open, ready to receive, because his word is alive. It's not rhetoric. It's not just literature. It's actually living. And so when we receive it, it's already doing work even before we feel it. By faith, as we receive it, our spiritual man is getting stronger. We're actually growing more in Christ's likeness as we open to receive his word today. And so uh, the word does strengthen us. And I want to encourage you, you know, to, to continue to study God's word for yourself. Can I say that today? I know you've come to receive a message, and uh, we, we're going to get into the message, and we're going to teach from God's word. But to walk away with a deep hunger to know God's word for yourself. Otherwise, you'll only know of Christ's reputation and not of his revelation. You'll always know him of secondhand, this person that I know, this person that's a really good... No, but why don't you get to know him yourself this Christmas? Why don't you make a decision in these brief moments that we share together to, hey, for me and myself, I'm going to find out what God's word says. Let me just move this away from my face. My cheeks are a bit fatter than Jason's. So, like, when I go like this... Oh, that's fine. Is that okay? That's not bad. Make a decision for yourself that you are going to find out what God's Word says for yourself in your own time. I really believe that the spiritual anemia we see in Christendom today is because we aren't feeding God's Word for ourselves. We're relying too much on other people to teach us God's Word. Well, I think a powerful church is built on individuals who read God's Word, study God's Word, meditate on His Word by themselves, but not for themselves. It's actually... It's for the sake of others. We study God's word. We become more like Jesus. And, you know, not to fill yourself up on empty calories. You know what empty calories are? It's the calories that make you feel full, but don't fill you up. It's the calories that, uh, that appease your hunger pains, but give you no nutritional value. 
in Christianity, axioms, platitudes, one-liners, they can be sometimes empty calories. Encouraging. There we go. Is that a bit better? My cheeks just get wider and wider. But I want to say, we're not settling for empty calories today. We are going to feast on God's Word. We're going to receive it by faith. We're going to study God's Word together. Hun, you didn't know that you were studying. You're like, I thought school was over. No, no, no. Class is in check. And uh, we're going to be studying God's Word together today to find out what He has to say to us. And we're going to be studying from a man named James. We're going to be studying the first chapter of a letter that he wrote to many Christians. And we're going to find out what he says to us today. Can we pray? Okay, let's pray together today. Lord, we thank you so much for your church. We thank you that we can come together like this and lift your name up high. God, I lift every person before you now that feels a bit deferred, maybe disappointed, feels a bit anxious, worried about the future, maybe even worried about next week. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you'll give them strength, you'll give them comfort, you'll give them perspective, a heavenly perspective about how much you are for them and how much you are with them. Lord, you are with us right now. We believe this by faith. And I pray that as we walk out these doors, we won't walk away the same way we walked in. We'll walk away different because we've spent time with you. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Amen. Das Varam. Das Varam. There we go. Turn to your neighbor and uh, tell them some good news. Tell them that it looks like they've lost some weight. There we go. Before the Christmas season, someone needs to hear that. The first neighbor, Christmas came early. The second neighbor, they've lost some weight. And uh, you need to, actually guys, I did, a, I did a BMI that don't, listen here, if you're feeling bad about yourself, don't do that, that assessment. Because you think you know what rock bottom is until you do that assessment. There is deeper. It's further, it's a lot further down than what you think. So I did an assessment last week, or last week Saturday, and uh, it told me my body fat percentage. It wasn't good. So um, I, decided, I said, you know what, this, I actually got hold of our elder. I phoned Nick. I said, Nick, you know what? I sent it to him. I said, this report has no authority on my life. I don't receive what it has to say today. Come on, Nick. Can I have an agreement? Can I have an amen? I said, I need a spiritual brother to keep my hands raised over here. And so the report was negative, but I decided to have a positive slant. So I drove straight. Seriously, this is what happened. I drove straight to a lady named Faith. She makes pancakes in Boston. And I said, Faith, you fool me up in the name of the Father. I'm, I'm, I didn't even realize that I, I, did, I actually said that. And then only afterwards, I was like, hey, Faith, fool me up. That's actually pretty, pretty good. So I ordered 20 pancakes because I wasn't going to be under that lid of that report. Come on, somebody. That'll preach right now. I don't want any empty calories. That's where I was going with it. That whole thing was just for the empty calories. But now we're going to study God's word. So stop getting distracted. So what we're going to do is we're going to almost line by line, we are going to, well, you just appeared like a ninja. A, that's a big angel. <laughs> that's a big angel. Here appears, well, looks like there's legs coming out of shoulders. God bless him. We're going to be studying the book of James. And so we're going to be um, learning from verse 12 to verse 25. But I'm going to start with verse 25 because I want to show you where we're going to land. It's our target. It's our goal. This is what we want to achieve, what we want to see take place in our lives. So I'm going to read verse 25 first so you know where we're going. And then James is going to teach us how to get there. Are you ready? So let's go. James 1 verse 25. It says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not just once off, not just here and there, but continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. How many people want to be blessed? 
says we'll be blessed in what they do when they don't just hear it, but they do it. Another translation says don't just be hearers, but be doers. So my message is entitled, Talk is Cheap, Faith That Works is Faith That Works. Talk is cheap. Faith that works is faith that works. Now, to give you some context, James, the goal of the book of James is the most practical book of theology probably in the whole Bible. He's trying to teach Christians who have been scattered all over the world how to live out their faith. What he's saying is, it's not what you know, it's what you do with what you know that changes the result. Yes? You can know the whole Bible, but if you apply very little of it, it's like you can know everything in the bottle of medicine, but if you don't drink any of it, you're not getting better. I know all the ingredients here, yeah, but you're not using any of it. Like, I'm, but I know it, yeah, but you need to apply it to get well. James is teaching the church that's been scattered. Listen here, Christianity is not a theory. Christianity is a way of life. When we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus. As he lives, so we live is our goal. To be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. That's how we formed into the likeness of Christ. And so James is writing to this church who have gone all over the world, but maybe still holding on to the theory of Christianity and maybe hold loosely to the practice. He's trying to take what's in our heart and our mind and, come and bring it out of our hands and in our feet. It's pretty much doing what Jesus did as we celebrate him next, next week, as the word become flesh is the book of James. He's saying, this is how you become flesh as you live out your faith. This conviction, this belief, what you believe to be true, this is how you live it out. Are you with me this morning? So we're going to find out how to do that today in this very first chapter. From verse 12, it said, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I want to show you that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Not a man. Not a good person. Someone who cannot not deliver on a promise has promised that he'll give you the crown of life, not if you're swift, not if you're strong, but if you just don't give up. I just, I'm just, I want to tell you, maybe this is just the only thing you take away from this message. Don't give up because the Bible says the Lord that we serve will reward you. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. I think one of the, the biggest characteristics removed from society today is the characteristic of the character of grit, just pushing through, just taking another step after step. Listen, I, that's one of the main focuses that I teach, that I want, I grain in my kids. We don't give up. We keep on going. It's not a feeling. It's not about emotion. It's about a conviction. And James says from the outset, for those who persevere, those who just don't throw in the towel, the Lord says he promises you, you will receive the crown of life. Just not to give up. Listen. The devil who knows he's going to lose doesn't give up. How much more for the people who know we're going to win should not give up? We're on the winning team. Don't give up. You're going to get that W. You're going to win. We're going to be on the victory parade with Jesus. Don't give up. Galatians says, for in due season, you will receive the reward that is due to you. Don't, I just want to let someone know today, you, you're thinking of throwing in the towel. I listened to this podcast, and I, I'm getting distracted here. His name, okay, you probably shouldn't follow him. He's not saved, but he does have good, like, he does, he'll get you going if you want to train. His name's David Goggins. He's like, yeah. like one of the uh, uh, toughest men, seven years, obviously next to me, um, uh, rated seven years. He's done like 60 ultra marathons. It's like insane. I mean, he's the only man to have finished all the, all the American training, like Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL. He's like, he was like, he's done all the stuff. Like, he's just a beast. He says, 
in my corner, I only got two guys. I fired the third man. I got my cut man, I got my water man, but I fired the man who held the towel because there's no throwing in the towel. I'm not giving up. Amen. Anyway, don't give up. He says, because you will receive the reward. Verse 13, he says, when tempted, not if tempted, you never outgrow temptation. There's different temptations in different seasons that when you're a young person, maybe a bit older, but temptation's always there because the devil doesn't give up. He's never had an ounce of mercy. When tempted, one should not say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Notice the difference between verse 12 and verse 13. Verse 12 talks about a test. Verse 13 talks about temptation. Now, a test is from God in hope that we will get stronger and that we will pass. Temptation is from the enemy in the hope that we will get weaker and that we will fail. He says, pass the test and overcome temptation. We need to pass the test because we're going to get stronger and we're going to pass. And we need to resist temptation, overcome temptation, so that we don't succumb to the plans of the enemy. But this is going to take some grit. It's going to take a family. It's going to take not doing Christianity alone. It's getting planted in the house of God. Is it making sense today? It's not what we know in our hearts, actually what we apply in our lives. And he's saying, listen to me, if you want to have that blessed life, you're going to have to pass the test and overcome temptation. You need to resist the enemy. Now, this is what we need to understand about temptation, is that the enemy, he comes with temptation, not the Lord. And he's going to tempt you, and we need to resist him. But we need to come with a presupposition, that means a, an Maybe an understanding before the temptation comes that there's always a way out. This is what the enemy does. He tempts you. He says, if you don't take this deal, you'll never get good business. You won't feed your family. You'll never make it out. He says, if you don't take this, if you don't do this, if you don't say that, if you don't, you'll never get this pleasure again. You'll never be this happy again. You, you deserve this. You so he tempts you and he says, there's no other way. You have to make this decision. But the Bible says God always gives us a way out. 1 Corinthians tells us from verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful, and he will not allow temptation to be more than what you can stand. When you are tempted, again, not if, he will show you the way out so that you can endure. Remember what happens to those who endure? They receive the crown of life. Pass the test, resist temptation. There's always a way out. James is teaching us here how to fulfill verse 25. We need to pass the test and resist temptation. We need to live it out and not just know. Does it make sense? Verse 16. It says, don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So your boss is not the one that blesses you. It's the Lord. All good gifts come from God because wherever you believe the blessing comes from, you'll get praise too. So if you believe the blessing comes from yourself, your own hard work only, who gets the praise? Who gets the glory? But if you believe, even with my hard work, it all comes from God, who gets the praise? Who gets the glory? Because wherever you believe the blessing comes from is what you'll give praise to. He says, listen to me, all over the world, don't be deceived. In other words, you can be deceived into thinking blessings come from another place. Don't be fooled. All good things come from God. Therefore, all praise, all glory should go to God. So this is how we're living out our lives. And I think even in this season, 
we mentioned in the beginning, this is a season to be grateful. I actually think gratitude helps us get a, a deeper relationship with Jesus. And we see it in the Word, where you enter His gates with thanksgiving, and then you actually get closer when you enter His courts with praise. Did you see the progression there? The more grateful I find in my life, the more grateful I am for what Jesus did, the more clear the price is in my mind that He paid for me, the closer I am to Jesus. I, I promise you, gratitude is the key that gets you closer to the Lord. This Christmas, once you take a couple moments to look back, even on this last 12 months, on the faithfulness of God, I promise you, you'll feel His presence. You'll feel His presence. Beyond, also, even when you're facing the craziest things, if you look back on how good God's been, how kind He's been, how faithful He has been, not saying, notwithstanding any adversity and obstacles. Guys, we've had some challenges this year that have just been insane, but as I look back on the faithfulness of God, I can't, I can't help but feel so close to Him. Gratitude takes us closer, and He says, don't be fooled, all good gifts come from God. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. He goes on to say, from verse 19, from verse 18 rather, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits he created. Now, this birth we know is being reborn as a Christian. Nicodemus speaks to Jesus and says, well, how do I enter the kingdom? Jesus said, you must be reborn. He says, well, how do I enter my mother's womb again? I mean, that's just a, it seems like a logical question, but Jesus says, you must be born of the spirit and of water. That's how you enter the kingdom of God. Anyone who doesn't do that cannot enter the kingdom. This is what we must do. Then we know John 3.16, for those who believe receive eternal life. They shall not perish. And so we see here that we are born through the word of truth. By believing God's word, receiving his son, we are reborn. We are made new. But he says that we might be a kind of first fruits. This is interesting. The first century Christian that he's writing to today uh, was called a kind of first fruits. You know what first fruits were? Everyone would knew in the Jewish culture that first fruits was an offering to the Lord to thank the Lord as worship, but bless the rest of the harvest. He says Christians should be the same. We should live our lives as an offering to God and bless people around us. He's saying this is what Christianity is. It's not a philosophy. It's not a theory. You should live your life a first fruits kind of life that should bless God and bless others. That's how we are called to live. He's writing to people that are scattered all over. Can you see how he's trying to make it as practical as possible so that we can see the fruits come apart in your life? He says that we might be the first fruits of, of our new birth. Verse 19, he says, my brothers and sisters, he's about to conclude. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Just keep looking forward. It's not about your spouse. Come on now. Trying to bring people together here. Although if they are that person, just, just keep blinking. The Lord will convict them. Not you. I'm talking about them, obviously. Not you. It's for the other person. Slow to become angry because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. You know how many people don't believe they can be saved? They don't believe they can be saved. I'm too bad. No, the word can save you. He says that we need to cut off the things that, that uh, dilute the gospel, things that poison the wall of our hearts. You need to cut away from them 
and that you can be saved through his word. Do not mean listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. The Bible says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away. Notice that it's a himself. I just want to throw it out there as well. I know it's for all the ladies out there. Kelly pointed it out to me. It's not herself. I see you walking past the cars and see your reflection in the window there. You say, sure. Anyway. Yes, anyway. Kelly pointed it out to me after one of the services. Himself. Anyway. Um, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Here's verse 25. This is where we want to land. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I thought this festive season, one of the greatest gifts I can serve this church with is saying, let there be action to your faith. Faith that works is faith that works, and it brings a blessing on your house when you follow his design. It's not about singing a song or watching a play. It's about having your faith come alive in your life that will bring good works, will bring good, will bring good blessing as you live out good works. Now, now, James is talking about the effects of salvation. Paul was talking about the cause of salvation. Paul says, faith saves you. So we don't do good works to be saved. We have good works because we are saved. It's a byproduct of having a relationship with Jesus. It's like John 15 teaches us. We are part of the vine, and because we are part of the vine, we bear fruit. I've never seen a branch of orange trees. It's like oranges, 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 oranges. Come on, somebody, come on. I need some oranges. Ah, oh, it's an apple. Ah. Come on, man. I need some oranges. No, 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 no. Just by staying healthily connected to the vine, it naturally bears what it's rooted in. Now, Christianity, you will never be firmly engrafted into a relationship with Jesus if he just lives in your mind and not in your hands. James is saying he actually deepens, our relationship deepens as we walk out and work out our faith. Step by step, day by day, in the grind, choosing to trust God's word, it actually gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until, oh, there's oranges everywhere. But it's not because I'm focusing on the oranges. Because I'm focusing on the one I'm trying to stay connected to. He's the author and perfecter of my faith. Faith that works is faith that works. Can I encourage you, if you've been in church for a very long time, not to get jaded with serving the house, not to grow familiar with his presence, but understand that it's part of walking out your faith. It actually takes you to a deeper level of relationship as you continue to serve God, as you continue to trust God, serve others. You actually become more like him. And it's not about a feeling. Actually, the less I feel and the more I still serve, actually, I think the more mature I might become. Because it's not about a feeling. It's about responding to the truth. Sometimes you've been in church for so long, you're still looking for that feeling. I remember my second year of seminary, I mean seminary. That was great. That was so quick. I love it. I've got some people from Tigerberg here. They hear that joke every week. God bless them. They still smile. I know it's a... A smile of pity and shame and maybe even disgust. But I, God bless them, they're smiling. My second year, I remember not feeling the presence of God at all in my quiet times in the chapel when we were worshiping at church. I didn't feel God's presence. But I promise you, that was the year where God did his greatest work in my life, where I decided to respond to the truth when I felt 
absolutely nothing. I just knew that for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life, I'm going to serve Jesus because of the truth and not because of a feeling. This is what James is saying. When we were in Jerusalem, we were all together and things were awesome because we had this. He's saying, even when you don't feel it, come on, we need to pursue the Lord. Don't just hear it, but be doers of God's word. Uh, the worship team can come up and I was thinking about living out your faith. You know, you can talk about living out your faith when you're on the mountaintop, but really living out your faith, come on now, happens when you're in the valley. Uh, it happens in the hard times. What, what, what comes out of you needs to be, it's often needs, it's in the squeezing that you find out what's really on the inside. The last couple of months, and it's been a, a, quite a trying season for our family uh, health-wise. So Kelly last year had surgery on her spine. She had spinal surgery, was in hospital for a month in isolation. She developed a, a drug-resistant uh, like bacteria. So she had to be in this small little room, and the doctors came in those little, like, those little suits vibes. We couldn't see her. It was crazy. Kelly has a little bit of separation anxiety. So a month away from everything and everyone is quite hectic. Um, at the same time, well, at the same time, uh, we had to move house, which in and of itself will get you close to the Lord. Come on, Jesus. Two small kids, we're moving house. Kelly's in hospital. Uh, we didn't move house once in the month. We moved in, in 10 days, I moved the house twice. Wow. We had to move from where we were in Valkelechen back to Sunningdale because there was like a window period where we had our original house. Then moved from Sunningdale and when I got there, the tenant wasn't out. He ignored all my calls. So obviously I was just like, well, you know. <laughs> no, check out, check But you know when you do the nose thing, then it's like, anyway. So I just... I jumped the wall, I broke into my own home, which isn't, a, that's not wrong because it's, I own the house. So it's not really breaking in, is it? Anyway, and I moved this stuff out. Anyway, get there, I've got the kids, kid is in hospital, moving back in, move from there into the house that we are now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're in there. This year has also been ups and downs with our health. And even as, as yeah, early as, well, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Kelly has been struggling. She had abdominal surgery and she's recovering. And uh, it's a little bit wild for recovery, but she's getting stronger. And she's got a great nurse, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, she's got a great nurse. I have a little outfit. I keep telling the church back at home, I don't know what happens, but she keeps dropping things on the floor. I, I, I don't know why, but every time she drops things, I, I just have to every time. Then it's that. I'm like, can you just keep it on the bed? She's like, oh, oops, oopsie. Anyway, that's... I think that's part of the operation. We lifted before the Lord. So she's been struggling there, but we've had so much support. About seven weeks ago was probably my greatest trial in trusting God uh, to be who He says He is. Now, this is my faith in action. I was at Home Affairs, and that's just you need faith itself. Not joking. It's, it's going to have to be Home Affairs, but maybe. That was a little bit of it. Been there for a couple of hours. I received a phone call. Kelly's on the phone. Says the school had phoned her that Zach had fallen asleep in class. I said, you know what? Zach's not sleeping. He's interceding. That man's a prayer warrior. <laughs> I said, shake him on his shoulder. Amen. <laughs> he's, on, he's, he's on a spiritual warfare. I can just feel it. Zach is just, anyway. Zach's fallen asleep in class and he won't wake up. He's, he can't wake up. He's not waking up. He's non-responsive. I'm out in Atlantis. Kelly's out in Milnerton, obviously praying for your church. Um, she's getting her hair done, actually. It's terrible. She feels so bad about that. And I'm like, 
Anyway, so what do you do? You phone your kids' church pastor, is what you do for this church as well. Just phone your kids' church pastor. They're going to help you out. I just, whoever that is, be blessed. Um, Ryan, won't you, are you close to the school? He gets to the school. Zach is non-responsive. He takes him to the ER. They do some tests. The boy's out. He's not responding to anything. I fly back from Atlantis, obviously, ob- observing all the laws, just if there's traffic officials over here, observing all the laws. And uh, I get into the car park. Now, Kitty's brother, you might know, is an emergency specialist, uh, Derek Evans, and he helps run the emergency unit at Critiskia, and that's a tertiary institution. So they see the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. And, and so, obviously, we were on the phone with Derek, and uh, Derek... Uh, was, was talking to Kelly. Kelly got to the hospital before me, and I'm in the car park, and I pull up to the car park, and I bump into Uncle Graham, Kelly's dad. I find him pastor. I call him boss because all son-in-law should. I said, boss, how's it? You well? Good to see you. Anyway, uh, are you in the area? Are you just popping in? Are you just going to check if everything's okay? It's so kind of you to be here. He said, no, Derek phoned me. He said, dad, leave a meeting right now. Go lay hands on Zach. We need a miracle. I didn't realize. I didn't realize. He had some adverse effects to some medication he took, and it was cardiotoxic, which means it was slowing down his heart. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. You know, for me, I'm, I'm the guy, give me the ball, I'm gonna get across the line, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get the job done. Whether it's building church, saving life, whatever, it's bless me, I'm gonna, give me the ball, I'm, I'm gonna. This was the one time where I couldn't do anything. Where I had to trust in a greater father. I, I'd done everything that I possibly could. I couldn't do anything more. Well, praise God, after a couple of hours, Zachy came around. They said, you know, uh, it's a good thing he's a big kid. Because had he been of the average, I was trying to read what they were saying, the average weight for a kid, this, this very polite, you know, you know like normal kids, <laughs> your kids. <laughs> anyway, a kid his age is supposed to weigh 35 kilograms, he weighs 52. <laughs> okay, not chacharach, not chacharach. But had he weighed 35, they said it would be, it'd be a very different story. Very different. So I'm saying, are you saying McDonald's saved my son? <laughs> I'm saying, I see the golden arches. You know? <laughs> Guys, we live right by McDonald's. Like the glow is in my room. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Anyway. But you know what? It's in those moments. Listen to me. And then Zach woke up. You know what? I shared this story with our church, but I forgot to tell them that Zach woke up. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, no, he's fine. He's like running in the field. He's like, you didn't tell me. I'm like, oh, no, 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 yeah, sorry. I forgot to tell you. He's fine. He, the first thing he does, he wakes up. He looks at me. He's like, Dad, I want chocolate. I'm like, sure, i get you chocolate. I'm like, you get whatever you want. Spent uh, a night in ICU, and, uh, and uh, he, he, he was fine. The first thing he did as he got out of like they had to obviously observe him. He gets out the bed. He runs, and he skis on his knees, and he goes, Soo! <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It's Ronaldo celebration, if you don't know. Guys, he's in ICU, so everyone else is not that excited to be there. Like, everyone's like with the stuff, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, and he's like, Sue, Dad, yeah, Anyway, um, so God is so good, so faithful. But I promise you, it wasn't because I knew of Jesus just in my mind. I promise you, it wasn't just because I knew of Jesus was because I've been walking with Christ. I promise you, it's, a, it's in the day in and day out that I could trust the Lord. I said, God, we, myself and Kelly kneeled next to his bed. We were both crying. We trust in God. Please, Lord, please, God, please, God. 
It was all the days behind the scenes, all the prayers behind the scenes, all the stuff. It was the living out day in and day out that we needed to now rely on the walking. It wasn't just the understanding. It wasn't just the knowing. I promise you it wasn't. It's because we had been walking with Jesus. And I pray that, that you would set yourself up for that same kind of confidence that only comes by walking. Faith that works is faith that works. This Christmas, make a decision. Don't wait for January 01. I mean, there's a good series coming. But don't wait for January 01 before I'm going to make it. No, no. I'm going to live out my faith. What does it mean to follow Jesus today? What's God asking you to do today? What's your next step in following Christ? Is it receiving Him? Is it asking for forgiveness? Is it drawing close unto Him? Is it studying His Word? Is it getting involved in team? Is it deciding to be planted? Is it honoring Him the way that you, that you should with relationships or with your finance? What is your next step to serve Jesus today? Because talk is cheap. Faith that works is faith that works. Amen. Verse 25. If you continue in it, you will receive what God has prepared. Can I pray for us today? I'm praying that God would speak to your heart. Lord, I thank you.